Hey everyone, and welcome to 121 in Flux. I am Peter, that is Connor. We talk about movies on this show, and this episode is the winner of last month's Patreon vote. Every month, our patrons at the $5 tier and up get to vote on one of the episodes, and all the films were Hitchcock movies last month, and the winner was Rear Window, which is what we're going to talk about today. Uh, also, apologies, there was no episode last week. Uh, scheduling and other such things got in the way, uh, but here we are. We're here now. Yeah, I think it was tech issues last week. Was it tech issues? Oh yeah, internet was down. That's what it was. Yeah. Your internet was down for like a you, night. Usually it's scheduling and it's my fault, but this time it was also technically on my end, but it was tech issues. So it was out of my control. It was still your fault. It was, it was your internet. So it, it was, it was yeah, your... yeah, but uh, I I can't control that. Yeah, uh, yeah. So so we we were all ready to go otherwise, but uh, no internet meant no no recording for that night, and it just kind of uh, pushed things back. But. Uh, no, so this is actually kind of notable because this is the first time I've done a Hitchcock movie, which is kind of impressive given that we're 46, 7 episodes into the show. Um, also worth mentioning uh, that we did do a Hitchcock movie on Screams After Midnight a long, long time ago. We did Psycho way back near the start. That said, that was back when we were just starting. We were terrible. I do not recommend checking that out. Uh, we'll probably redo that at some point. Or check it out and have fun at how awful they were. Don't. Don't do it. I, I, seriously, guys, I would, I would not recommend it. Uh, Make it a drinking game. Drink every time you cringe. <laughs> I would not recommend it. Um, I'm a little bit loopy tonight. Uh, I have not had a whole lot of sleep, as is typical. Uh, my sleeping pattern goes all over the place. Uh, I get to do this. I get to record something else, because we have stuff to do tomorrow. And then I get to wake up and go see Justice League. I may have had a couple of drinks because, well, I got some mead today, so I had some mead. Quite a bit of mead. Oh, very good. Uh, So with that said, I guess we'll start on Rear Window. Uh, We will start spoiler-free, I think, just in case you're someone who's not went back and checked out the Hitchcock movies yet, and you're you're watching this and you think, oh, maybe we'll convince you to go watch it. Uh, I think that's worth uh, doing a little bit spoiler-free before we go go balls deep, as it were. Uh, So what is Rear Window? Rear Window is a very simple premise uh, and honestly sometimes the best films are very simple premises you have uh, James Stewart's character Jimmy Stewart uh, if you want to be a bit more casual uh, he has he's a photographer uh, he, he travels around the world he takes you know fancy photographs of various dangerous things uh, but we're not doing that we're not traveling around the world he's actually stuck in his apartment because in taking one of these fancy fo- photographs he was uh, injured he had a broken leg and he's been in a cast for six, seven weeks. He's got a week left, but because of that, he's basically staring at the back of his uh, apartment, the the rear window, if you will. Uh, I said that as if I was making a pun. It's not a pun, it's why it's called what it's called, but <laughs> I felt the need to put a little emphasis on it. Yeah. And it's basically, the way his apartment building works is you've got like a courtyard that's kind of in the middle of lots of like backs of apartment buildings. So it's almost like a rectangle, you know, it's a of all the backs of all these different buildings facing each other. So you can see into other windows of other apartments uh, across the way to the side, to that side. Uh, it's a really neat little setup. And I've, I've lived in a block of, of apartments just like it. Oh, cool. Uh, I don't think I, I, I have not, but uh, obviously they exist because Connor mm. just confirmed they did. But uh, So you, you have that. And because he's so bored, he's basically just watching his neighbours uh, as a pastime. Yes. Thankfully, we have the internet now, so I never got that bored. <laughs> yeah, you're you're also never in a wheelchair as well. To be fair, <laughs> that that's also true. 
that said, you can still be on the internet in a wheelchair. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, man, 1950s, either you were reading a book, watching TV, or you were watching your neighbours because that's, yeah. that's there's only so much you can watch on TV. Also, Even now, let alone in 1950. Oh yeah, 1950s, you had what, like three channels? Yeah. That, that was it. That was, that was your... Even now, I might get bored of you know if if it's all I could do, I might get bored. May have been two channels in the 1950s, and they wouldn't have ran all night either. They'd finish it. Oh, they'd stop at like midnight. Yeah, if that even. So yeah. <laughs> the point of being is not a lot to do. So he's he's just watching his neighbors. He's spying, and he sees something suspicious from one of them. He sees some suspicious activity from a, an apartment that has a married couple in it, and all of a sudden the wife is not around anymore, and the husband is acting strangely, and he believes that a murder may have taken place. And he enlists the help of his girlfriend, played by Grace Kelly, uh, his nurse, because he's got a nurse coming by every day to check on him and make sure he's you know healthy and whatnot, uh, to try and investigate and see if there's actually something that's happened here. And his friend, who's a detective, isn't really ready to believe him. And that's kind of the setup of the movie. Uh, so it's, I mean, I, I took it longer to describe that than I think I do most movie descriptions, but that's because I was really emphasising some of the stupid points of it. But Yeah, because if you really want to, man looks out rear window see stuff happen well I think the fact that he suspects a murder is kind of a key part of the plot that you're leaving out there ah uh, no no it's a, what, what's the stuff happens that, that, that's the real hook <laughs> you could describe any movie like that we, you, you, you could you could Terminator uh, robot comes back from the future stuff happens well I want to know what stuff happens maybe we should do Terminator soon <laughs> No, because you're going to make us wait till there's a new one coming out and save that. Uh, well, they're already talking about doing a new one, so I mean, exactly. the, it's, it's in the it's in the vicinity. Exactly. Ugh. Vicinity wasn't the right word to use there, but whatever. I'm, like I say, I'm tired. Um, yeah, so I asked a question, and I've seen this before, of course. I assume you've seen this before. I haven't. I've seen large oh, chunks of it, but not all of it. Oh, well, that, very interested then. Connor, did you enjoy Rear Window? I did, yes. Yeah. But I, this was where I knew I was going to based on the chunks that I'd seen. Mm. Like I'd seen the opening like 15 minutes and then like 20 minutes somewhere in the middle. Not to spoil the end of the show when I like, we give our scores out of 10 for the movie or but, anything. But you're going to spoil the end of the show. No, no, I'm not going to tell you the number or anything like that. But this is my favourite Hitchcock movie and I think it's a goddamn masterpiece. But I'm not okay, seeing the number. So, uh, I'm not seeing yeah, the number. Sure, sure, sure. The number will come at the end. But as a goddamn masterpiece, my favourite Hitchcock, just beating out Psycho by a touch. By a by a touch. I want to emphasise that, just a touch. But I love Rear Window. It's, it's kind of, like, like I say, the premise is so simple and it's, you, you know I love a bottle movie. Yeah, you're a it? sucker for a bottle movie. This I, is the ultimate bottle movie, isn't I lo- it? I love a good bottle movie. Well, this is what I love about it. It's a bottle movie with scope and let me explain that you're sure you're in his apartment the entire time and it's all from that vantage point but like him and him looking out you can see a lot of other places you get to know everything around you and like it's just oh it really uses it's still like a bottle movie it's just it's a slightly bigger bottle because you know while we're still always in the room the courtyard is still part of that that bottle oh sure 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 i i I wasn't disputing that the whole thing is the bottle i'm just kind of I'm saying it uses its bottleness partly because of the plot, because he's stuck there, but 
the fact that it uses the, the is what he can see is also part of it because that's kind of the main point of the, the story is it's what he can see outside the back of his window yeah. and uh, I, I like that you get a sense of all the different neighbours there's a, a guy who composes music he's always playing the piano there's the dancer who's always in her underwear dancing because of course she is there's the, yeah. the Miss Lonely Hearts who's this really sad kind of middle aged woman who is really depressed and wants to find a husband and there's a newlywed couple and there, you know, there's all these different people and obviously there's the, the main sort of couple that there may have yeah. been a murder uh, going on and there's also that other couple at the top who always st- sleep out in the fire escape and they have a little basket that they load their dog in out down to the courtyard so he can go poop yes that baffles me if you, if you <laughs> I, I just think if you, if you live that high either let the dog out another way you know let it just go up and down the stairs or don't have a dog that high why why this is adorable. It's a little basket and it goes up and down, and the dog knows to it's go. It's only in a it. matter of time till it till, till it goes wrong. Stop questioning the the, the fun little quirk. It's a good job it's a small dog, isn't it? Yeah. Well, you just have a bigger basket. I mean, it's, it's not. It's not... Uh, yeah, yeah, but they're more likely to you know unbalance it. They just get a stronger system. You, they, they built the, they clearly built the little pulley system to just accommodate for the size of the dog they had. That, that's it's that simple. I'm just not. I'm just saying. I don't think it's worth the effort. People say I'm no fun. I don't. I don't. Uh, so you get to know all the characters and all the different neighbors, and it kind of like they're reacting to everything that's going on and uh, just sort of how they because they all have their own little stories as well. They all have their own little arcs where uh, they each kind of accomplish something or go through a change over the course of the movie and of course uh, James Stewart's character himself uh, Jeff he, he obviously goes through a big change as well he's an arc um, and a lot of the movie is definitely about him and I, I love the idea that he's so used to like investigating things and going and looking for the images that he's that's what all he's sitting doing is he's looking because I, I think a big part of the movie is for a long time you really like it definitely plays it as if it, there might not actually be anything going on and yeah. is it just him being bored and he's looking for the the exciting mystery that it, it plays it till quite late in the movie, doesn't it? It's like, is, is there actually something going on, or is it is this just like you say, is it you know boredom stretched to its limits? Yeah, especially given who he is and the fact that he has to go and look for exciting things to do. Yeah. The fact that he's trying to find it while he's still sat there in his apartment and all he can do is look outside. I think I think that's uh, that's uh, really good stuff. So uh, good strong character art, good strong mystery. And I love how, with how inventive we can get with these things. Where I, I think there's some really exciting stuff later on, where like Lisa, you'll see Lisa go out and be out in the you know in the viewpoint, if you will, out, out yeah. in the, the the danger zone. And it's really fun to get to that stuff because oh, it's okay now it's interactive with the the, the outside world. Because for a long time it's just viewing the outside world, and eventually we kind of escalate and. Uh, it plays with a lot of these moments. Uh, Hitchcock does a lot of framing where he'll frame around a window frame or something like that. He does a lot yeah. of kind of in, in-frame framing, if that makes any sense. Yeah, cinematography is excellent. There's a lot of using the space. You know, like, like If you've got two windows with a pillar in between, there's a lot of using that pillar to, to break up the motion. Yeah. Um, yeah, almost everything where we're looking across the street into the other apartments, you'll see someone in one room and then there's someone else in the other room and you'll you'll have this sense of do they see each other? Are they aware of each other? What's going yeah, on? Yeah, there's, there's moments where you see things like in reflections in a window. Yeah, there is. Uh, so you've you got all that stuff. Uh, also, the movie opens and ends with a, the same shot. 
there's like a sort of panning shot that goes around the whole courtyard looking at each of the neighbours and each one ends on Jimmy Stewart's character. That's how we were introduced him at the start is we go through all the neighbours and then we come to him at the end. Because he, he's like, it's almost like he's the viewpoint we've been seeing. He, we, watch, we watch around all of them and then we find out at the end of the shot who's the one doing the watching. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's really simple stuff but it's really effective stuff. Uh, no. Uh, so uh, I, uh, <laughs> I love the movie. I mean... Yeah. It's pretty great to, to open it up. That's that's kind of uh, where I am. So I'll give the spoiler warning, so we can just talk uh, in depth about it. I, I don't want to dance around plot points for too long. Uh, so full spoilers. So I think a smart thing it really does early on is that you have the uh, the nurse character Stella come by and you know, he gets on the bed and he you know, she, she has like oils for his back and and whatnot mm-hmm. and she's massaging him. And what I think is really smart about this scene, this comes right after kind of the opening, and I think what it does is it immediately tells you, it explains to you in complete, you know, by showing you the rules, it's like, no, this is how physically incapable he is right now. We're actually yeah. showing you what position he's in. I hit my pop shield there. Um, but we're showing you what position he's in, how difficult it is for the move. It's, it's actually really smart because it's setting up the end of the movie. Because it's the end it of is, the movie yeah. where his invulnerability becomes a factor. And it's actually set up right at the start. No, this is why he can't go outside. This is why he's stuck here. This is why he can't defend himself. I, th- I think it is very clever because, like you say, part of it, for most of the movie, it's just like, okay, this is the premise. He's stuck in this room. And that's fine. If it's just that, that's enough. Because it's like, okay, you know, there's just it's, it's a reason for him to be in this room. But it goes further with it. It capitalizes on it. And it made the point of showing you just how bad it was. Instead of just, oh, he's in a wheelchair, he can't move. That would have... You know, if that was just the premise, that would have been enough. No, because you, you see, like, she has to help him up. He's kind of hobbling along. She has to help him on the bed, help yeah. him back off the bed. It's a whole process. It takes, I don't know, 20, 30 seconds to get him on the bed. That's how much of a mm. process it is. And it's actually, it's just saying, no, this is this is what he is. This is the position he's in. And we're going to have to deal with it from here. Um, and also there's a lot of character building, because a lot of the scene is him talking to Stella and her berating him oh why are you not married or oh, you're, you're with this girl Lisa why are you not marrying her and he basically states in a matter of fact way he does not want to get married he's not ready for it he has no interest in marriage um, and for some people that's just not it and you know Lisa comes by she's very happy to see him and he basically is saying the same thing because she's like oh well you're a photographer you, you could get a, a studio here and you could live here permanently instead of traveling all the time and then when he sort of debunks that she kind of flips it and says well I could come travel with you as you're going around and he's like oh but that wouldn't quite work because you know this life's only for very few people like you'd have to live out of one suitcase you'd never have a steady home and he's constantly fobbing it off he doesn't want to get married and kind of, kind of the, the core arc of the movie of course is that by the end of the film he realises that he's stronger with with her and that she's yeah. integral to his life and he doesn't want to lose her uh, so all of right, you right because this, this at the start like when he tells that to her she walks out she's like alright fine well then we, we probably don't really have a future. Yeah. Uh, but of course, he, t- he says, oh, when are we going to see you again? And she turns around and says, not for a long time. At least not not before tomorrow night. And it walks out. Um, and it kind of shows you where they are, where they have this kind of, almost they're in a relationship, but it's still will they, won't they kind of thing. Because the, yeah. like, the, he's kind of not budging. Um, and you get that they're both from different worlds. She's kind of rich, and she has all these fancy dresses. She's in the fashion industry. She's all you know. She she brings a, a waiter from a posh restaurant by with with dinner because he can't go out. Um, in fact, that's one of his complaints: is that she's too perfect. There's nothing. There's no, there's no complaints. There's there's no rough edges. It's everything. Yeah. He's, he's going. There's going to be something wrong. You're hiding it. 
Uh, and if you're hiding this much, it must be awful. Yeah, and I think that's that's the fun thing about all the neighbours is they actually all represent what married life for him could be. Everyone kind of represents a different possibility. You have the newlywed couple who seem very happy with each other. You have the uh, obviously the married couple where there might be a murder and oh maybe it could go that bad. Yeah. You have the really lonely woman who's like depressed and like desperate for love. That could be him. That he he could be that lonely depressed person. Uh, although. I'm pretty sure Jimmy Stewart's like the same age as this woman. Honestly, he's he's not that. He's not like I think at one point Stella refers to him as a young man, and I'm like, come on now, he's yeah, like, he's pushing yeah. fifty at least at this point. I, I don't know. When, 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 actually, I'm going to check. When was Jim Stewart? <laughs> he's going to be born? at least in his forties in this film. Oh, absolutely, he has to be. Aye, nineteen oh eight. So he is forty six, right? <laughs> what, what year? What year was this? Fifty four. Yeah, 46. Yeah, 46. That's uh, middle-aged. Middle-aged, but not a young man, is, no. is what, what I'm saying. Um, so I, I think he's actually quite close to age with uh, with this Miss Lonely Hearts, but they, they all kind of represent a different a different thing. There's like, different possibilities of marriage. And you even have like the, the composer who, he represents the possibility that he could just have his career and be happy. Because the composer, like, he struggles with his compositional movie, and then he finally has it. But then there is a woman there towards the end. We don't see her all. Like, he's stressing out all 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 movie, and then eventually we see there's a woman there who's he, who's letting he's, she's let, he's letting her hear the piece. He's, he's got yes. the full thing, and she's like, "Oh, it's impressive." And ah, it's like, um, and of course he ends up with Miss Lonely Hearts at the end of the movie. That's that's kind of where that goes. That they find each other. If it actually gets really dark at one point because Miss Lonely Hearts uh, tries to commit suicide, or she's about yeah, to try and commit she, suicide. She thinks about it. She has all the pills there. And they're just she's written on and, the then, and, and, and then she hears the music. Yeah, and it's funny because it's the first time she hears it with accompaniment. Because obviously he's banging on the piano most of the film uh, at various points. But this is the first time he's got some friends over. He's, he's got some woodwind and you know some buddies over to do some backing. Uh, and this is the point where she hears that and it's kind of like oh the music and um, but I, and I guess that also kind of ties into the whole idea of oh the one she was looking for was here all along. Yeah. Which uh, is kind of which kind of you know for, for and, Jeff. And again, it's this idea that. You know, he thought, oh, this guy was, you know, he, he was single, his career, he focused on that, and that was fine, and then it turned mm. out at the end, it, well, it wasn't, was it? It was, you know, still wanted this all along. Yeah, he still, he still needed someone, yeah. um, which comes quite, quite late on, so, uh, no, so all, all that's great stuff, all of it's, it's representing all these possibilities of his life, uh, and I love that we're analysing this, and we've barely even touched upon the actual plot, the, the mystery, the thriller elements, the the yeah. you know the, the the stuff that brings the tension and it does get tense especially towards does, the end. Yeah. Uh, so so what he sees is he, he sees this guy make some very strange trips in the middle of the night. He, he goes out like three times uh, while it's raining late one night, and the next day his wife, who was an invalid as he puts it, uh, was sick in bed, is yeah. not there, and that's strange. Like why would she be going anywhere? She's sick. She's always at home. And again, he knows this because he's been watching them for like six weeks <laughs> because he's had nothing else to do. And uh, yeah, he, he, he gets a lot suspicious. He, he, he sees some things and he, he tells he tells Lisa about it. In fact, I think he tells Stella about it first. And Stella actually gets really into it almost immediately. She's like, oh, I mean, you'd have to cut up the body. Because he sees like saws and stuff in the kitchen. Yeah. Um, she's she's just bored as well. Like She's yeah. like, oh, you're such a boring patient. All right, <laughs> fine. What you got for me? Yeah. Uh, she puts him off his bacon, which, I don't know, cutting up a body doesn't put me off my bacon. Ah, oh, no, no chance. Seeing it, mate, 
in person, but not not maybe, maybe in person. But on yeah. a, I could watch that on a film, no problem. And still oh yeah, bacon. sure, sure. It's really hard to make me stop eating bacon. It's, it's pretty difficult. Uh, but yeah, so like both her and Lisa at, at different points, like don't really believe him at first, and then they see something else that kind of helps. Like he's he's got this big trunk at one point, and he's bound it with rope. As if and that's a bit suspicious. Why is he bound it with rope? But of course, there's kind of there's a plausible explanation. You know, when he calls in his detective friend uh, Doyle, he is uh, like, "Yo, you have to if the lock's broke. I'm sure, you would bound it with rope. Why wouldn't you? You, t- you tie it shut. It's, it's not wrong. It's okay. It all makes sense. Uh, but you, you keep getting little, little, little bits. Like he seems to be concerned that the dog, the, the dog, the neighbor's dog, is digging at this one little patch where his flower bed is. So like, oh, he seems to be upset about that. Then the dog turns up dead. Of course. Uh, which is a really great moment because that's like the moment where every single neighbor kind of comes out and checks because you know the, the the owner of the dog starts screaming, and everyone comes out and uh, checks on it. It's like everyone actually cares. It, it's this amusing idea that there's a dead dog and everyone cares, but there's potentially a dead person and no one's even noticed. It's it's this funny thing where you know, I think you see it a lot in in movies now where you can kill a lot of people and no one mm. will, you know no one care, but you kill the dog, people are gonna riot. Yeah, yeah, but of course, there's one person who doesn't come out to the to see the dog, and that's uh, our, our suspect, uh, Mister Thorwald. Uh, he he just stays in there, and there's this great thing where he smokes a cigar in the dark, and you can just see the, you know, the light. Yeah, yeah that's all you can see, and it's really really creepy. It's good stuff, and you know, and, and it all kind of escalates where where Lisa doesn't believe, and then she does believe, and you know, she she comes out from a different point of view. She's like, wait, all all of her jewelry's there, and her handbags there, like. This doesn't make sense. If she went on a trip, no, 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 no. This is not how a woman goes on a trip. This does not make yeah. sense. Uh, it, it's this idea that, that people only believe when it's something that they can understand. Mm. Yeah, and especially the wedding band. That's that's the one that because because that's the one that even Stella's like, yeah, the only way you're getting your wedding ring off my hand is if you cut my finger off. Like that. That's yeah. that is the only way that's happening. And uh, it all it, it keeps escalating. You know, we get to the point where. They go outside to try and dig up. Like they, they actually scare him at the apartment. He, he calls him and like pretends to be someone who's going to blackmail him, and he gets him out of the apartment. And the the both the ladies go over and try and dig up. And but Lisa goes one step further. She's thirsty for adventure, and it's almost like she's trying to prove to to Jeff that she is up for this lifestyle yeah. of being in danger and be, being that, and she wants to impress him and do these things. And she actually claims that the fire escaping gets in the apartment. And she's like finding the stuff, uh, but I, I really love the uh, all the signalling that was going on. Like they're, they're trying to like, and he he's like so defenseless when he when, when she's in trouble and Thorwald comes home, and that's great. By the way, see when you see him coming in the in the hallway and she yeah. can hear him. At the, and you can't hear any of this. Like this is all silent because it's from a distance, but you can see her like hear him and she hides. Yeah, and and this is again whether those two window panels kind of really come into use where you because you see. You see him enter, you see him look around, you see him no- go go through to the next one, see him notice the bag that's out that she's been rubbaging through, realise someone's here, it's search all, around. It's bizarrely almost like a comic book, because you've got like three panels, you've got, you've got the hallway panel, which is a thin strip, it is, yeah. and you've got the two windows, and it's almost like it a is. comic book where you get each part of it on its own. Yeah, until it moves back across. Yeah, uh, and then they have a debate, and he like accuses her of stealing... But you know, as soon as there's a danger of this, they, you know Jeff calls the police, make sure that they're on their way. But he has to kind of sit there and wait, and eventually, like he, he you know, Thorwald grabs her, and he's and she's screaming, "Help, Jeff, help!" And he can't do anything because he's stuck there. 
and you really feel the fear in his face. Like he really looks like he's helpless. Yeah. Um. And but the police show up. But there's this great moment afterwards where you think all is lost, nothing's going to come of any of it, and she just puts her hand behind her back as she's talking to the police, and he looks at her hand, and she's wearing the wedding ring yeah. that, that she's now. He, he knows that she knows that he's watching, you know, yeah. looking over there with the, the binoculars or the camera. And what I love about this moment is it, it's really, you know, it's just smart and inventive, but all movie every time he's been he's been looking over and he's been watching Thorwald like pack bags put out clothes you know put away blades check the jewelry everything he's been doing there's been there's so many times in this movie even on this like multiple viewing I've I've seen it so many times but there's so many moments where I think he'll he's almost about to look right at him he's about to notice he's been watched and it's not until this moment that justifies it because he sees because she she points her hand with her other like she's got her, yeah. you know behind her back she's sort of going like that and pointing at her hand, and Thorwald notices that, and that's what makes him look over. Who's watching that? Who's that signal for? And it's like this big moment. Uh, yeah, and he's like, shit, he's seen us, turn out the lights. Yeah. But that's um, too late by that. It's, yeah, of course and it's too late. I love that he, he sees that she's got the ring, but he can't do anything, because then that would be going, yeah, that would bring it on himself as well. Yeah, yeah, he, like, they need to have to explain why he's doing that. Um, he'd also have to explain why his wife's wedding rings here. It's just all these stuff. It's just, yeah, it just leads to a line of question he doesn't want to go down. I also like that the movie never feels the need to actually go out of its way to answer it too much. Like a lot of the movie, like um, Jeff speculates that he's killed his wife because he's got a, a new young like mistress on the side, yeah. and that's why he's doing it. You never actually find out if he does. It doesn't actually matter. No, I think there's enough evidence to back it up in the idea that. Uh, you know, witnesses saw him leaving with a woman, and yeah. people assumed that was his wife. So there's enough there to us go, okay, that seems plausible. But he didn't have to come in and give a monologue at the end about how oh, I just wanted to run away with Nancy or you know whoever. None of that. He didn't need to do that, and that that's that's pretty cool. And so so he, like the police take her away, they arrest her, thinking she's a thief, and Stella goes to bail her out. Oh, he, he calls. Uh, what's his face and he's don't like oh, no, don't worry I'll take care of it like I'm, I'm on my way and they're on their way but you know that he knows he's like who was watching them and he just he, he's in the dark he's sitting there he's waiting for him to come up and he you know Thorwald comes through the door he's like what do you want from me and he doesn't say anything back to him he, he can't because he doesn't want anything he's like and it's just this really great tense sequence I love how in the shadow uh Jeff is in this scene because he comes yeah, in. Yeah, he's but right back in the corner, isn't he? Yeah, but they both are. They're both completely in shadow, yeah. and um, it becomes this this game of like the flash bulbs and trying to blind. And I, I like how the the flash bulbs were there for a reason already. You know, they were going to be the signal. Yeah, yeah, they were already out for a, a reason. Yeah, they weren't just lying. I mean, obviously he's a photographer, so you know, if you told me they were just lying around, then I'd, I'd buy it anyway. But they they you know made a point of going, no, these are why he's got these now. Yeah, yeah, he's got various lenses and cameras lying about. It's just what he has, but yeah, yeah, he actually had them out. He pulled them out of the drawer because that was going to be the signal if he was coming back. And uh, no, there's this. Uh, but that's it. It's, it's you know, it's just this this delay tactic. It's like keep flashing it just just long enough to hold him off, just enough that maybe help will come because that's all he can do. He can, like you yeah. know, he, we see him again here. He tries to get up and you know hobble away, and he just can't do it. So he has to. So he can't fight. He can't run. This is all he can do. Delay. And it's funny because I, I think a common complaint about this movie, uh, and it's not a big complaint, but some people will nitpick this ending a little bit and say, why doesn't Thorwald just shut his eyes after the first flash? 
I'm going to defend it a little bit. I think you can maybe argue that for the last one, but I think for the most part, he can't actually see when he's going to flash because, uh, like, from his perspective, Jeff's in darkness. Yeah. So he and doesn't he necessarily can't just close his eyes and walk forward. He doesn't know this apartment. Yeah. It's not like he, you know, he could end up just walking off center and get, go and completely you know, go out the window. Yeah, possibly. Uh, but so I'll defend it to a point. I, I admit it's maybe like, he doesn't do anything. To, to try and avoid yeah, it, yeah. so it's a fair complaint in that sense. Uh, I don't think it harms it that much, though. I don't either. No. Not that it harms it much, uh, but no, seriously. And you feel like he screams for help, and you know the, the, he's you know over on the other side, like the cops are there. They they, they hear him. They're running like, oh god, he's in trouble, and they, they run through. But you know, Thorwald has got maybe a good minute before they get there. He's got a minute to do what he wants. Yeah, with this Eliza, this guy in a wheelchair who can't fight back. Yeah, and he throws him over the over the edge, and he ends up falling. And uh, obviously, uh, Thorwald uh, gets shot, but yeah. that's that's. And, and they they kind of catch him just enough in time. Just enough that it's just his legs are broken again, and now he's got two casts on, which yeah. is which is the reveal at the end of the movie. Again, we get that shot from the same from the opening where it pans across the entire courtyard, and we see all the stories end up. We see that Mister Lonely Hearts is with the musician. Uh, we see the the newlyweds are kind of happy because they looked like they were going to have start having fights because the guy kept being at the window and he's like, oh, here she goes again. I have to. Yeah, but now that they're fine. We see the other couple's got a new dog. Uh, the woman who wanted to sunbathe is just asleep in her lawn chair or deck chair. Like she's happy. Yeah. She's she's happy as can be. We we see all how all the stories uh, for all these characters. Uh, the uh, the dancer who you know is referenced repeatedly throughout the movie um, as what was it abdomen. No stomach. No, it was it was something like that because she yeah. she she always had like skimpy clothes on, um, but there was a lot of debates about who she would pick, and he, you know he often compared Lisa to her. He's like, oh, like she, she's kind of like you. She's got all these suitors, and um, and she's like, oh, she doesn't love them. And at the end of the movie, you see she actually does have a husband or a boyfriend who comes home, and he's this little guy who's you know, yeah, um, and it's he's almost amazing. like. And again, it's kind of comparing it to them, where it's like she didn't go for the, the all, all the hoity-toity guys. She went for the guy who was off doing adventurous stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think he was a, an army guy. Yeah, he, was, he had a uniform on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's this idea, you know, he went for the guy who puts himself in danger for his for his job. Yeah. Um, which is interesting because this movie, he for the first time presumably has to put other people in danger for him. Yeah. Uh, which which is interesting, but it works out. He he kind of learns that he can trust someone else, and that's kind of the final moment. Actually, as you see him in the cast, but the camera keeps going, and she's lying in the bed sleeping, and it's like, nah, like they're they're bound. Like he he, he tried to resist it. He thought he wasn't ready for marriage, but in reality, like this was turns out he was. Yeah, t- t- turns out like she she completed him in a way that he wasn't expecting. Yeah, I think I want to just emphasize as well just how good the. Uh, the, the pacing of a lot of the scenes are because the, the movie's almost two hours and I think the actual plot like when you actually finish it you go hmm that's that, that took two hours it didn't feel like there was actually that much there but it's because so many moments are given time to breathe and let the suspense actually build it's you, like you spend so much time just you know down the down the lens of a binoculars just looking back and forth between like three windows yeah, actually, I really like that he he has the binoculars at first, and then he ditches them for the camera lens because his lens and the camera's better. Yeah, yeah. And right. he's smart enough to know that, and I, I, he should know that because he's a photographer. So it, it makes. I, but sense. I get going for the binoculars first; they're just easier, like you oh, know, yeah. easier to hold. 
Yeah, actually, I love how he. Um, it's just a simple little thing, but I love how with his good, his leg that's not broken, he sort of like props that up as a as a stand for his lens. Yeah, yeah. He kind of pulls his leg up onto his broken leg. Yeah. And then rests it on the knee. Yeah. It's uh, good. In fact, it's one of these things with these classic movies where there's just a couple of shots that stand out as being really iconic, and it's the first time he's using the camera. And he sees... I can't remember exactly what he sees at this point. I think it might be when he's, work, he's the guy's working with the blades or whatever. Um, but there's just that close-up of him lowering the camera and looking yeah. back over it. And it's, it's, it's that one clip they always use, uh, yeah. but when it's in a montage of like you know classic movies or whatever, it's always that little moment of the camera it lowering is, and him looking yeah. over it because he's just seen something suspicious. Uh, yeah, so I... Oofed. I, 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 I think the, the pacing of a lot of the, the tension stuff because a lot of it is just watching the guy going back and forth through rooms and That's what's it. he doing it's, it's, it's all in the camera work compared to the script in this movie because in, in terms of scripting it's relatively simple oh yeah and I, I think I think that's what makes it work so well like it's because it's mostly visual it actually lends to the strength of a film because a film is, does, a, yeah. is a visual you know form of storytelling and I think a lot of people kind of forget that when they make a movie they get so caught up in the script they forget how does this look yeah and obviously great dialogue is a good thing and i love movies with really good dialogue but sometimes like i i love when a movie has the balls to be silent for a long time uh, i yeah, love when a movie this has does the, that yeah i, I, I love when uh, especially with tv shows i feel like tv shows are even more guilty of it yeah they are where, where i've heard that i, I actually and I'm not doing this just to reference Buffy, but I did actually, from the hit television show Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I remember one of the audio commentary tracks, Josh Whedon said that he, he tried to always be a bit more inventive when he was directing an episode, because he'd often heard that TV is referred to as radio with faces, rather than actually being filmmaking. Now obviously, at the time when he said that, that was probably true, now in a Mr. Robot Breaking Bad world, yeah. not so much, like we have tv now that does yeah, yeah. Do when, when you look things. at something like westworld yeah, westworld <laughs> you know I don't, I don't watch game of thrones but game of thrones like all the all these shows now that do actual filmmaking and have their, their, their shots and their techniques and uh it isn't just shot reverse shot master shot yeah. shot reverse shot master shot uh, let, let's give again. some praise to quarry too because that was phenomenal oh, silent God. moments honestly we're at a point now where some tv shows are outdoing the the movies Oh, they are, yeah. Uh, they absolutely are. It, it's, it's, it's insane how, how much things have progressed uh, for the better, in that sense. And I think, yeah. you know, m- movies arguably are in a really weird state right now where so much of it is franchises and sequels, and you know, a lot of them may be good, but in terms of the like the stuff that's really exciting right now, I feel like TV's kind of in a golden age. I think it is. I think it's only a matter of time before people realise, you know, it's easier to just watch TV at home than it is to go to the cinema, and you know, filmmakers are going to have to do something. The studios are going to have to do something to get those people back. I feel, well, we're kind of already past that point in a lot of ways. Well, okay, but they haven't done anything yet. Uh, well, no, that's, that's not entirely true. They've tried several things, and they've all been gimmicky shit that's not worked. Okay, yeah. They've, I, 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 they've tried I mean... 3D, they've tried their, their, their chairs that rumble and move and all sorts of shenanigans. They've tried, you know, take a Yeah, break. yeah. When I say they need to try something, I mean make good movies. <laughs> it's funny, though, because 
one of the things I love about uh, modern movies, or not even just modern movies, movie, and I say when I say modern, what I really mean is from the fifties onwards. So modern is not really the word for it, but is you know I love like the you know the the, the widescreen lenses and the anamorphic yeah. specifically. And the funny thing is, is that only exists because they had to combat TV when it started to exist. Because oh, we have to do something that they can't get at home in the square box. Oh, let's make movies that are wider. Like that 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 was actually the yeah. reason for it. Um. Which we should mention actually, this is actually a, a rare American film that is in 1.661. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you were noticing the ratio as you were watching it. I was. Uh, for folks with, uh, you know, TVs these days, widescreen TVs, that means thin bars at the sides rather than the thick ones for the 4x3 images. Yeah. Uh, do not zoom in, do not stretch, or you are heathens. What was it? I had a, a device recently, or I was watching something on like an app, and it automatically zoomed me in. Oh, 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 God. I was like, what What on earth? I think, I think it might have been uh, YouTube on, on a mobile or uh. on, on, on Netflix. It has, oh, no, it's Netflix where it has a little, it has a little arrow in one of the corners when I was watching it on my, my new tablet. And I clicked it and it stretched. I was like, hang on, what did you just do? Click it again. Why are you cropping to get rid of the black bars? Why is this a default option on Netflix? What are you doing? Netflix should not have that option that anyone can just click it and crop like that. Like, what are you doing? So I am Netflix. Yeah, I, no, I can't be having it. I can't. I cannot be having it. Uh, stretching, cropping. I mean, I'll take cropping over stretching. Stretching is like the the. the the, the yeah, bottom that, of that. That's worse. Yeah, stretching is the worst of the worst. Uh, cropping is really, really bad. Obviously, you get the odd movie that's kind of formatted for multiple ratios. Yeah, uh, so you get away with it. Yeah, yeah like, Just don't do it. Nolan does it a lot now because he, he likes to have the big 4x3 sort of uh, IMAX scenes. So they're kind of frames, so they both work for the regular framing and yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, um, But, like, otherwise, uh, no, just don't do it. Yeah. Uh, People uh, who do that are the worst. They are. <laughs> they really are yeah I, I'm the sort of person if I'm, if I'm in someone else's house and I see that they've not you know set up their TV properly I'm like where's your remote I'm going to fix this yeah I'm yeah. not happy about the, this the one that, that got me that I had to do for you know the, the girlfriend's parents was the you know the, the, the upping the, the frame rate thing oh yeah and everything looks like it's just just wrong like, what, what, it's, it's that hyper real look do you know what I think is really funny about that is that you, you get you get game gamers online, right? Gaming people who are like, "Oh, movies and TV are still stuck at twenty four frames per second. Oh, how lame! How how and I'm like, shut up. <laughs> There's a reason why we're still at twenty four. It's not because we can't have more than that. It's the it's the like processing powers. It's a stylized look. Yeah, it's not like processing powers restricting that. It's just no, no. When when you try to do it in anything else, it looks different and it looks yeah, worse. Yeah. Like don't get me wrong, the original reason for twenty four was you know it was a budget reason, but it stuck. It's just what people like now. It's what they used to. It's what it should be. Yeah, it just it looks wrong at forty eight frames per second or sixty. Yeah, um, I think it's the TV they they, they put it to sixty, hmm. and it's just horrible. I had to just turn. I'm like, what what is this? I'm turning this off. Yeah, I mean, 30's fine, because 30's kind of uh, what TV... Yeah, so you're kind was. of used to it. So you're kind of used to it. It looks different from movies, admittedly, though. You, there is a feeling of difference. There is. Um, that, I mean, this isn't 30. So yeah. this is this does not look like a movie. This looks like a, this looks like a video, I guess, uh, which it yeah. is. So that's okay. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, we should have a. That's what we should do. We should get some nice film cameras and we should fit a film in uh, 4K, 24 frames per second. Yeah. No one, wants to, no one wants to see us in 4K, Connor. Let's, let's not have that dream. Uh, uh, that's, uh, so I, don't, I don't even know if we're in 1080p right now. Uh, we are not. We're in 720 purely for size reasons because uploading 1080p would take ages. Yeah. T- take an and again, the less they have to see of us, the, probably the better. Probably for the better. Uh, I think for the purpose of this show, 720p is sufficient. Yeah. I would think so. Uh, I'll never switch to standard def, though, because that would save even more time and space. Yeah, but... yeah, but we're not savages. Yeah, we're not savages. <laughs> that's, that's the question. Uh, dear. Um, but aye, rear window. Uh... Yeah, yeah. Back to, back to, back to the, the movie at hand. Well, I was just kind of gushing over it for, uh, you know, 35 minutes. Uh... <laughs> uh... Yeah. Is there anything else you think we should uh, talk about, like to talk about? I really like the the use of music in this, or specifically Mm. mostly the lack of use of music. Mm. There's long periods without any. And it's typically the uh, the piano player. Uh, Yeah, I think that's mostly it, yeah. Because it's it's this idea of, you know, we're really in that room, all we've got is what he's got. Yeah, Uh, there's some music at the start, as as we're doing the the, the initial pan, there's some some sort of upbeat jazzy kind of drums going on but once you get into that into that room it's just no it's just what's what would he hear and nothing else there's no and that adds to the tension i think and this is something that i really wish modern horror movies would really remember and pay attention to but silence is much scarier than anything else it just is yep there's a there's a time and a place for loud noises it's not every time something's on screen <laughs> that is true. That is true. Sometimes just noticing something without it being announced is much scarier. Yeah, I mean the whole the whole ending, like with uh, Thorwald coming towards the apartment, all you hear is the footsteps. Yeah, you see, you see the you know just the the light kind of go out as he kind of steps in front of it, mm. blocks it. You hear the footsteps. You hear the footsteps, and they really stick out because it's footsteps against nothing but silence. And it makes yeah. them effective. It makes them the punctuation for the, the scene and not, you know... Because he's listening to him too. He's going, is he coming? How, how long have I got? You know, try, just trying to, to wait it out. In fact, that's another really good point about uh, going with, like, it's only what he sees and hears or what he can and see we don't here. hear across the window as well, except when she shouts over to him. Yeah, because that's loud enough. And sometimes you'll hear some muffled things from, like, you know, if they're down in the courtyard, you'll hear them a little bit. But it sounds at a distance. It doesn't sound... You know, yeah. up close. Uh, it's well designed that way. But going back to everything in his perspective, here's just a simple little thing, and I, I, this sounds so simple, but it's actually really impressive that the entire movie's like this. Is that when you are looking at out to the other apartments, every single time it's from the angle that he would be seeing it. Yeah, you never slightly looking up. You 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 never get like a oh let's go to a low angle of the the apartment across the hall. No no. It's always from the angle that he would be. It's always looking down, or if it's the music player, it's looking up because he's up to the right. Yeah. But it's always the same angles, and it always feels that like you're coming from his vantage point, even if he's not looking out at the time. Yeah, yeah, but it's this idea that the camera is his eyes for all intents and purposes. So it actually... Oh, I'm making noise. Apologies. Uh, so it actually does that, that job of making you feel like you're in this same location the entire time and you're looking out from that vantage point. Uh, it's actually kind of almost to a scary degree how much it emulates that. 
It is, because like you say, you know, they could get away with doing some fancier shots and just keep it in the room, but it never does. Even everything we see inside the room is kind of from lower down where he sit, sat. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Whenever we're in that room, it's kind of, he's framed and then everyone else is kind of tall because they're standing up. Yeah. Um, we never see the kitchen because he never goes in the kitchen. <laughs> exactly. And so on. So, no, it, it's, it, that, that, that element of it is really well handled. It's just kind of... It is. Uh, and again, it's almost because it is such a simple premise they can pull that off. Because typically, if you've got the character going around town and walking into places, yeah, you can always have the idea that you're you're only getting what they're seeing and stuff, and that can work really well. But I think in this one, it's such a again, it's a well defined, slick little premise that's just really simple, uh, and it's it's got all those murder mystery hallmarks that Hitchcock likes to do, and yeah. uh, you know, as 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 someone guilty as they not. Uh, Thorwald becomes very intimidating over the course of the movie. Yeah, especially as you know, you don't really realize it until he comes over the apartment. He's quite a big guy hmm. from across the way. He doesn't look that big because you know it's a bit of a distance. Yeah. He, and then, but then when he's up close, you know, he's towering over him in the wheelchair. And and as he's doing the flashlights, yeah, you know, and he's walking towards him, you're looking up at him. He's he's massive. And again, that's his perspective. It's this Jeff's yeah. perspective looking up at him. He he's even more towering over him just because of his position. Yeah. Even even when we see like the side shots, we're still looking upwards. Yeah. Uh, so so no. Uh, so so cinematography excellent. Music or lack thereof excellent. Premise excellent. Uh, we haven't really mentioned the cast. I mean, it seems strange to, to have to say Jimmy Stewart's good, but he is very good. Yeah. He's very likable. I think that's a big thing in this movie because I think he could come off as unlikable because of the way he's kind of trying to get rid of Lisa. And he's yeah, kind of, he's, he's, he's kind of obsessed with this case. He's also kind of mean to her. The way he kind of like fobs her off at the stars, like, oh, well, you're just not for this life. And I am, and that's fine. You go away. Uh, but he's so charismatic. He's so charismatic, and you, you kind of get why she likes him regardless of this. Um, it's it's kind of that uh, like, uh, did you ever see Becker the sitcom? No. It was Ted Danson. He played like this asshole doctor, um, but like that that show worked because he is such a charismatic guy that even though he was constantly being an asshole, you always kind of liked him anyway. Makes sense. Ted Danson can pull that off. He, he can, and I think that's what you kind of need here, and that's why Jimmy Stewart's good at this kind of role because he is kind of likable no matter what. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Bless you. I was anticipating that, but uh, yeah. So uh, you know, so cast very good. Grace Kelly's very good. Uh, she, she, you know, she, she she is kind of what she's supposed to be. She, she she's likable as well. Her 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 determination, her enthusiasm for getting involved and getting into this case. I think that's. I think she's likable because she doesn't just stand around and agree. She's like, she goes and you know takes charge she's like no i'm going over there you know and she takes the initiative and does what she has to yeah well i, I think like it, it could almost you know border on her like just giving up everything to what he wants and that's kind of what she's trying to do for a lot of the movie but ultimately he learns that no he's better with her anyway like yeah. um but for a while she's like oh do, do, do i wear the right thing for you do do i get the right food for you do do i move around the move around the planet for you because you want to go do your thing she, she, she's willing to do anything to make him yeah. happy and that's why he could potentially be unlikable because he's just kind of like saying, oh no 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 none of that go away yeah, yeah exactly uh but it all kind of comes together and he he grows uh over the course of the movie uh yeah so so no cat cast are very very good 
particularly those two. Uh, but every, there's not a weak link, I don't think. There, there's... No, there's not. But like I say, they're the standouts. But you know, they're the big names. They're the draw. They are. They are. Um, so no, and I do. I do like Stella as well. Actually, she's quite. Uh... She's very fun. Yeah, she's she's fun. She's amusing. Uh, and I, I like how it does get both of them involved. Like he kind of ropes them both into it. Because they do generally get curious, they are kind of fascinated. They kind of represent the audience in a weird way, because they're like, "Yeah, oh, they're like, oh, oh let's go this. along with it. Let's go. Yeah. Oh, let's go. Oh, you know, what, what can we do? Let's speculate. Let's see where this goes. Let's see, see what, see what this does." Yeah. So, uh, no, it's just... but, but but unlike the audience, they have the ability to roam around and oh, explore sure. yeah. beyond these four walls. Yeah, I, I think it's this weird thing where we're with him because we can't move, and everything's from his vantage point. But they kind of represent us, and they're along for the ride, and they're interested in what he's what he's, he's spying on. So yeah. it's kind of a weird weird mix in that sense. But no, uh, so so no, I, I guess I guess we can get to ratings uh, for Rear Window. Yeah, yeah, I guess we can. I'm thinking. I hadn't. I haven't quite decided yet. I can wait. I mean, you could just tell, say yours. You've been holding it in since like the first sentence. No, no, because if you have the wrong score, I can correct you with mine. There is no wrong score. Yes, there is. <laughs> what on earth is a wrong score? Anything but mine. What if I... Oh, okay, I see where you're going. <laughs> so I was going to say, if, if I go higher, is that a wrong score? But, but, uh, but I get sneaking suspicion I can't go any higher than your score. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, uh, that's what I thought. I'm not saying a word. Just, yeah. I'm letting you speculate. Yeah, yeah, you're letting let me speculate as long as I want. I don't know if it's quite there. I don't know. I'm this, is great, this is great radio, by the way. Everyone at home, they're, they're, they're sitting enthralled. Well... They're getting my my agony of is is it there is is it quite there? I just don't know. <sighs> so what's everyone at home up to? You, you, you feeling good? Yeah, you, uh, you having a nice days? Yeah, you could fill the silence with 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 your own answer. So what's everyone getting up to? Uh, have a nice dinner. Yes, yes, very good. Have a nice lunch. Do think about, pizza. Do think about Not you, you think about your answer, goddammit. I'm talking to the audience. <laughs> this is a private conversation between me and everyone else. You're not invited. Very private, and everyone else. It's very exclusive. No cars allowed. You probably just excluded a whole bunch of people. It's a very common name. Yeah, but out of 7 billion, like, drop in the ocean. A- a- any Connors listening, please complain. Some Connors don't even exist. <laughs> that, was yeah. a, that, was, that was a joke for the uh, fans of our, our DC Comics podcast. Uh, no Not a lie. That, that took me a second. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I, was, I was like, are you saying I don't exist? <sighs> I thought that's huh. what you were getting at. We can dream. <laughs> Come on now, Connor, get to your score. Uh, You're right, dragging this right, out. Right. I'll give it the 9.5. Not bad, not bad. Uh, of course, the correct answer was a 10, 
but no. close. Not quite, not, not quite on this viewing. Close, close, close. No, I, I give, it a, give it a straight 10. It, is, it was a 10 the first time I watched it. I finished it and went, that was a goddamn 10. And every time I've watched it since, I finish it and go, that was a goddamn 10. And this It's, it's much closer to a 10 than it is a 9. Don't get me wrong. Okay. Is, is, it, is it a dog basket? Is, is, that, is that what's holding you up? That didn't help. That, and then they get a replacement dog and they're training that to sit in the basket. Just stop. Stop training dogs to sit in baskets. It wasn't the basket that killed it. It was the murderer. No, I know, but this one might th- th- this one might not th- succeed. This one might, you know, get a bit excited one day and go, oh, oh, what's out there? Oh, I'm dead. Look. Puppy killers, that's all I'm saying. Look, they're not as smart as cats, but they're smart enough to handle this basket, all right? Not all dogs are. Oh God! So, some of the stupid arguments I get into with you—I I don't even—I don't even know. That—that uh, that has been Rear Window. So, uh, by all means, let us know what you think of the movie in the comments below and stuff. A uh, couple things to plug before we go, before I do the final outros and whatnot. Um, obviously, for our patrons, we have the vote for next month, which is all science fiction space movies. We have Jupiter Ascending. We have. Please don't pick that one. We have Galaxy Quest. I'll tell you this right now. I, I I never reveal the votes before we before we you know get the results or whatever. But I will tell you this: Jupiter Ascending is not on zero. I'll tell you that right now. It has received points. Some prick voting for it, trying to make us watch shit. <laughs> this isn't screams. We don't we, we we don't actively choose to watch shit on this show. I don't know. Someday we'll probably be able to do Star Wars prequels. That's actively choosing to watch shit. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that, but that'll be you know like that's like we've done a couple of hundred episodes by then. It's fine. <laughs> a couple of hundred. <laughs> well, we're being optimistic. No, <laughs> uh, uh, so, so Jupiter Ascending, uh, Galaxy Quest, The Last Starfighter, and oh no, <laughs> I don't remember the fourth one. Oh, that's why I should have it in front of me before I do these plugs. Oh, this is funny when he fails. <laughs> Oh no, I don't remember. You know all that time you were talking to the audience? Uh-huh. You could have uh, could have checked this. It's, uh, it looks like it's Forbidden Planet. It's Forbidden Planet. Why don't you tell me Connor? Such an idiot. So, uh yeah, so the votes are for the patrons, uh $5 and up, you can vote on that. You've got until the end of the month. Uh, also, those same patrons also have access to the vault. The vault is basically a giant to-do list with that is user submitted by patrons. Uh, basically, you can submit as many movies as you like, you can submit them as often as you like, and they'll go onto this list, which you can see publicly. Um, there'll be a link soon in the description going forward to our website, which is a simple little website, but you can see the default on there, as well as the crypt, which is the same thing, but for Screams After Midnight. And every so often, me and Carl pick one of the movies off the list, uh, at random, whatever one catches our eye, and we'll, we'll do it. Uh, but it's just another fun way to get people to it's, sort of uh, an, in, an interesting variety in there already. Yes. Uh, shout out to Board Now who filled out like ninety percent of it uh, in one in one go because because someone has to be that enthusiastic, I guess. Uh, also, credit for some of the movies being ones that I've never heard of, which is an impressive feat. So uh, yeah, so those things. I feel like there was something else, and I can't quite remember what it was. 
but regardless you can get uh, audio versions if you'd like to check these out on the go you can get those on the website as well that was it yeah you can, yeah uh, you get, get them on iTunes and whatnot. Uh, basically it's just called Mail Fuzz Movies the audio feed for this it has the influx along with gigawatts and overload all in one feed so you can check out that if you would like to get them that way uh, but there you go so, so you know as you mentioned overload what what movie are you and Matt fighting over this month Remind us. <sighs> the the winner of last month's vote on Patreon for one point twenty one. This was an actual ten out of ten. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, but Matt's pick one uh, on this occasion, and we will be discussing La La Land before the end of the month. So, what are you looking forward to more? La La Land or Justice League? Justice League. <laughs> oh. <laughs> at least when I hate, at least if I hate Justice League, it'll make me angry. I'll be passionate about it. I'm not going to be passionate about La La Land. I'm just going to be bored. Oh, I can't wait to see your reaction to the first like five minutes of that movie. Please. Please film your reaction to the opening five minutes. I beg you. What, so I can intercut it into the review? Yeah. The the rest of it's fine. Don't need the rest of it. But that first five minutes, the opening, I need to see your reaction. Oh, no, this is not a thing. Uh, So, yeah, we've actually extended this by like five, ten minutes just with this this extended plug-in and Connor taking five goddamn minutes to think of his score. But uh, that that brings an end to uh, 121 in flux this time for Rear Window. Uh, We'll be back. We should be back next week. um, And we will be back with something interesting, perhaps. I don't know. You can't remember what it is, can you? I can't remember what's next. Uh, But we'll be back next week. Uh, They're all all interesting. Other technical faults. Uh, or Connor scheduling. Yeah, we have, we have got a Netflix show. I can't speak. I, I'm really, it's time to wrap this up. So thank you very much for watching, guys, uh, or listening. We always appreciate it. Uh, get us on patreon.com slash TV if you want to support the show and support the channel. Uh, I mean, I mentioned that enough before, but just that was the address. There's also a link to that in the description and in the corner of the video. But otherwise, that is us. So thank you once again for watching. Keep watching movies. We'll see you next time.